fanficmedia.com presents Beyond the Wall, a Game of Thrones podcast. With hosts, Christiana Ellis, Chuch Schubert, Vivid Muse, and Nookchus. Oh, you muted yourself, Chuch! <laughs> I do that all the time. Yeah. And I put this big bright button so when it mutes I can see it. Yeah. Um, hey, everybody. <laughs> Welcome <laughs> to Season 7 of Beyond the Wall. Tonight we're hey. discussing Episode 4 of Game of Thrones titled The Spoils of War. With no spoilers past the currently aired episodes. <laughs> this so, episode sure spoiled us for uh, uh, g- giving us all these fan service moments. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. This is very yeah. true. Very, very it, true. It's so weird in this season after having most of the show be all about what keeps all of these different people apart from one another. And now it's like, oh no, they're just all meeting willy nilly. Yo, dog, I heard you like Starks meeting Starks. How about we get that <laughs> happening? <laughs> It's like they finally got all their action figures in on the desk together, and now they're just mushing them together. <laughs> I did see uh, Viv saw a couple news bits. One is that um, no news from George R. R. Martin about Game of Thrones specifically, but he did post his Worldcon schedule and had said he's not doing any more cons until blah blah blah. So there is hope that the other. Not cryptic messages, but it said before that you know with the other um the uh the big tome was coming out the what did they say it's like the Tolkien thing like the Silmarillion. right, but it's for this world and like <clears throat> haven't they dense. done that already there's that that whole that whole that big Atlas. yeah. <laughs> but okay, sure. We said it's that the, the next book, book. That book would be coming together close release. You know, or... honestly, I, it has been long enough that I think in my head I have kind of just clicked it into clicked my anticipation into just a holding pattern. Like mm-hmm. you know, it's I I'm kind of in a position where like I want it to come out. Obviously, I want to read it, but I'm kind of just indifferent to the delays at this point right yeah (laughs) the uh hbo's hacking saga has continued apparently the hackers had demanded this big ransom and uh hbo hasn't paid and they released a whole bunch of actors and actresses personal information which is really shitty a bunch of game of thrones actors cell phone numbers and stuff and email, personal email addresses and correspondence and just a mess. Idiots. Hackers, yeah. man. Not cool. The not 90s cool. lied to us. <laughs> yeah. Not, not cool. Not hot like Angelina Jolie. No <laughs> monsters on the screen. <laughs> no Pendulette is the villain. <sighs> just sell swords. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, they're just sell swords. And not good ones. Ah <laughs> uh, yes, uh, Mike uh, McCauley in the chat says lots of gamey thronies this episode. Yep. Yep. 
And uh, there's there's a handful that I, I actually wonder if they're going to make into a plot point because there's certainly some ramifications of things that happened that the show doesn't really address here. Mm-hmm. So will they come up later? Maybe. We'll see, I guess. Right. Who knows? Yeah. <laughs> Who knows? Um, for discussion, I thought uh, we would again jump totally out of order, or I guess more like stick with scenes because this one like scenes didn't really have big consequences on each other. Like sometimes their conversations kind of feather in and mm-hmm. you know, yeah. Um, I do want to save the big, big, big for last, but sure. <laughs> um, I'm going to start at uh King's landing. I'm going to interrupt you there. Can yeah. we start on previously on? Because I just oh, started totally. laughing in the middle of previously on. Yeah. No. So normally I don't even get to see the previously on, but this time mm-hmm. I'm watching and it goes previously on and the dagger comes up. I go previously on hmm, last week. No one cares about the dagger previously yeah. on. Hey, remember that thing from season one that nobody cares about? And I just lost it. I, I fell on the floor. I was like, what? what? Why are they bringing this up? Nobody cares. <laughs> Is this maybe going to be relevant? <laughs> well, I, I think, uh, I mean, obviously we, we, we get to this, but yes. it seems that the goal is really just to get Valerian steel in Arya's hand. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, it, well, yeah let's really let's start there. Brandon Littlefinger yeah. and the cat's paw dagger, which. Sure. I can't remember if they ever called that them, that on the show, but. I I don't think so. Um, because in, I mean, even in this episode, they call the guy the cutthroat. They don't call right. him. Yeah. 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 <laughs> um. So yeah. So Littlefinger is talking to Bran, and I'm just sitting here thinking, don't lie to a green seer. Like, mm-hmm. you're, you're you don't know what you're up against, dude. You can tell him all the things in the world, but he can see everything. Well, in fairness, Littlefinger doesn't actually know that. But But at the same time, for Bran to show up, uh, I mean, it's just like we talked about last week with um, Sansa saying, but that means you're Lord of Winterfell now. Because, of course, Littlefinger is going to, you know, I was was thinking earlier, I was, Littlefinger is going to Littlefing. Yep. Um, But anyway, (laughs) the, the, the idea that, well, he has recently found his forays into trying to make Sansa take his side are being rebuffed. And so he's going to try another tactic here and try to get Bran on his side. Because, of course, Bran being trueborn, if he can get Bran to take his side and kind of form a wedge between him and John, he's thinking that's maybe a way to get John out of the picture. Um, because you know, well, if you know, brand's legitimate, right? And so it seemed it makes sense that it would be something he would try, but of course, yeah, you know, he didn't get anywhere in- with John, he's not getting very far with Sansa, he knows he's yeah. not going to get anywhere with Arya, yeah. If, well, well, point, yeah, she's dead, yeah. I, I think, oh, sorry, go ahead. Uh, I was just going to say, like, I also really dig, and this comes up a lot, you know, people mention things about the plot and the story and brand's like okay you know it's like well you're lord of winterfell and little fingers like hey, you know being lord of winterfell is a very big thing that means you're warden over the north all these things blah 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 and brand's like no i'm not and that, that's just it <laughs> uh 
there are a lot of people in this episode saying that they're not things. It happens like five or six times. Hmm. Yeah. But so Bran saying I'm not Lord Stark yeah. is, is one. Yeah. One of those. Um, I, I don't have like the list, so I'm going to not just rattle them off, mm -hmm. but it happens several times um, with uh, the, the guy from the Iron Bank, with Brienne, with, let's see, uh, with uh, John. Several, several more I can't remember off the top of my head now. So um, Paulette says, uh, Sam saw the dagger in a drawing in one of the restricted books in episode one. Mm -hmm. I didn't see that at all. I, I didn't see it in the episode, but I saw someone post a freeze frame of it. Um, I remember seeing a dagger, but I had, didn't make any association. I assumed it was a dragon glass thing. I watch on a smaller screen. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. <laughs> and, and, you know, I felt that is that brands, you know, this belonged to was more rhetoric that, you know, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. He knows exactly who it belongs well, to. Well, yeah, I, I definitely agree with you completely. It was more like Bran was offering to tell Littlefinger who who the dagger originally belonged to, whereas, mm -hmm. of course, Littlefinger is more like, well, who did I get it from immediately? Well, you know, they're, they're operating on two different levels of conversation, yeah. and it takes Littlefinger a while to realize that. <laughs> and uh, what a great little micro double take uh, when he's just like, oh, you know, it's got to be hard for you. All the things you've seen up there, I'm sure you saw some weird stuff. And then you come back here to all this chaos. Chaos is a ladder. And then you just see Littlefinger's face like, wait, what? <laughs> oh, um, uh, mm, uh, okay, abort, abort. Uh, yeah, I got to go. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll catch you later. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Viv's notes, she had mentioned that, oh, I guess we didn't say, sorry, she's not going to be on the show tonight again. <laughs> but in her notes, uh, she had mentioned that Branna only really made eye contact with him when he said that. It's like, mm. that was the first time he really looked up. Yeah. And the original Chaos's Ladder, as a refresher, Baelish has said uh, to Varys, they were alone in the throne room yeah. <clears throat> talking about stuff when he whipped it out. Um, All the way back in season one, right? Uh, I want to say like maybe yeah. episode, was it episode 10? Or, or I'm trying to remember if it was before uh, or after six. Ned. Okay, so before. Yeah, it was early. And I actually grabbed the clip if people want to hear it. Yeah. But what do we have left once we abandon the lie? Chaos. A gaping pit waiting to swallow us all. Chaos isn't a pit. Chaos is a ladder. Many who try to climb it fail. Never get to try again. The fall breaks them. And some are given a chance to climb, but they refuse. They cling to the realm. Or the gods, or love, illusions. Only the ladder is real. The climb is all there is. <laughs> Interesting. 
And um, by the way, hearing him out of context, he's really slow and sinister talking. <laughs> right. <laughs> it's yeah. it's it's almost comical. Yes, well, I, it was In the such show, a weighty fine. conversation. You yeah. know, it's like they were giving it the appropriate dramatic weight because it was this huge thing, right? Like these two schemers acting I'm like they're the two chess players, and everybody else is just their pieces. Yes, and I'm mm -hmm. going to talk. Uh, pause after every third word, so everything <laughs> sounds really important. But I'm totally not doing William Shatner. Well, I've actually got about 40% Christian Bale Batman voice. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, but uh, I'm really interested to see what's going to happen with Lord Baelish here just because it seems clear to me that he, he's obviously trying lots of stuff. He's swinging at every pitch here. Um, but it really seems at least like so far people are rebuffing him and not just once, but pretty definitively. Mm -hmm. um, like even here we see Sansa's reaction when Bran reveals that he has the dagger. That did not sound like someone that she's actually still maybe considering. No, she's more like, no, okay. We need to figure out what he really wants here and why he would do that because you know. so it was it was almost more of like this immediate dismissiveness of there being any possible good motivation for him to do anything. Mm -hmm. Um so Which is good to hear. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it well. is. But the thing is that they do have a problem with him because as much as no one trusts him. And as much as he's going to continue to push his luck until he falls off the ladder, um, he could do a lot of damage. I mean, in principle, the bulk of the forces that they have at Winterfell now are Littlefinger's guys from the Erie, yeah. from the Vale, um, because most of the Northmen and a lot of the Wildlings have gone up to protect the Wall or protect their own regions. So... You know, if we, you know, we so there's a, a significant percentage of their forces that are conditional, and even if they, you know, even they don't like Littlefinger, but they, you know, he's kind of got them hostage because you know Robin's in his pocket. Right. Uh, we haven't seen him recently. I wonder if he'll show up again at some point. I um, <laughs> but I'm just what I'm anticipating though what seems like the current trajectory is that he is going to keep pushing it and pushing it and pushing it until something cracks and he's going to burn everything on his way down. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I got like flickers of, um, Oh, who was it? Uh, someone's prediction of, uh, are you killing little finger? Oh, yeah. What? And wearing his face. Yeah. Not uh, so much you, the wearing the face, but yeah. The, the, yeah. Like, and that solve a lot of problems. <laughs> well, you know, like I, I don't know if I like that because, you know, Arya is cool. And at some point, Littlefinger is probably going to die. But I just feel like Arya doesn't have any emotional connection to him. 
Yeah. I don't, I don't really see any reason why it makes dramatic sense for her to do I it. I feel like, um, and again, like th- it was a flicker, um, just because of like the whole foreshadowing thing of, oh, well, I'm going to, or the Chekhov's uh, Gatsbaw dagger thing, um, you know, it, giving her this dagger and all this other stuff. And I'm sure it's going to have other implications, but I would not be surprised if they write in something about her understanding how much Littlefinger had to do with so many of the things that put people on her list. And, mm-hmm. and, and, and I could see her killing him for that. I, like, and I, I yeah, had beef, but I guess it's still not personal though. Yeah. Right. Like it's, it's, it's like hearing about a war criminal and deciding that's why you need, like everyone else on her list is someone who wronged her personally. Like not just they did something that matters to me. It was like to her. Yeah. But I mean, Littlefinger was involved in her father being killed, which started indirectly in a very complex and labyrinthine way. Littlefinger (laughs) was involved in um, her sister being blamed for Joffrey's death and everything that happened to her sister after that. That's complicated and far away. Just saying like there, there are things that I'm not saying she wouldn't have, I mean, he's obviously done a lot of awful stuff. I'm not talking about thinking that it's impossible that they couldn't come up with a way for her to feel like she needs to kill him. I'm just saying from a narrative standpoint, which I I'm I'm talking more about yeah. this season because yep. I feel like the show has stopped being the show that's only setting up tropes so that it can up upend yeah. them. Yeah. It's not doing mm-hmm. that anymore. And I think that it's done doing that. It's I think also, that you're coming in for a satisfying landing is what they're shooting yeah. for right now. It's it's also um making random things happen because gamey mm-hmm. thronies. Yeah. Things. To my mind, <laughs> the only way that it makes any sense for a little finger to die in a like thematically, like, you know, poetic way is for him to end up getting him his own damn self killed in just some stupid way. <laughs> Like he is just going to push his luck one last time and just, you know, some random guy is just going to, you know, get tired of shit and turn and stab him or something like that. Cause he's going to just try his moves just one too many times. That's what makes sense to me. It's kind of like the idea of Ramsey going out to his dogs, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like in, in theory, like we could say that, you know, Sansa's responsible there. But the way it happened, they they found a way to try to make it like metaphorically resonant, mm-hmm. right? So Littlefinger's thing all along has been all of this scheming. And what makes sense to me is to have the scheming be what gets him killed, ultimately. Falling off his own ladder. Um, whereas I think Arya just saying, you've done a lot of stuff I don't like, so bleh, that doesn't feel good to me. Yeah, sure. but I don't know. I mean, I, that's just my opinion. Yeah. <laughs> like I said, it was a flicker. <laughs> sure, I, I, get I, a flicker. I get these feelings a lot. Yeah. I 
you know, I you can't. might be right. There's certainly been times that I was wrong. Like, for example, I spent a fair amount of time, I think just last week talking about how, well, I don't know that Bran is really that different a person. He just seemed distracted. And then they have like three different scenes in this episode saying, nope, nope, you're wrong. It was, he's absolutely like a totally different guy now. And we have and Mira funny, say that he died in that cave. So yeah. and the funny right. thing is, I'm sitting here going, hmm, I wonder how true that is, Bran. Maybe you don't realize that you're actually in there. <laughs> <laughs> so now I'm more on the other side because he said, Well, I'm not really Bran. And I'm like, Yeah, right. maybe you are. All right. I'm I'm very <laughs> persuasive with one week lag. You are. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and from what I got was, you know. He's not really Bran. It's not that he's not really Bran. He's not just Bran. Anymore. Yeah, he's he's more now. Mm-hmm. Um, Mike had a funny comment earlier that he's he's less than thirty percent Bran now. That's less than cereal. Thirty-three <laughs> percent three-eyed raven. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> I um. I, I I did enjoy, and this happened many times. Is like everyone's like, "This is so important, Bran," and he's like, "Whatever." Right. It's just when you when you don't experience time, you just don't understand. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna move over to uh, Arya arrives. Mm-hmm. Get some light comedy with the guards. <laughs> yeah, I didn't hate the scene, but it felt superfluous to me. I feel I like, like how they continued arguing in the background. When yeah. She's, yeah. Know, that part really... I liked the constant refusal of, uh, you know, maybe we should check this out kind of a thing <laughs> uh, was kind of bugging me. And then, and then the refusal of like, no, you tell her, no, you tell her, no, you tell her. Mm-hmm. And then she disappears and they're like, Oh crap. Yeah. <laughs> We're in trouble now. Yeah. I, I feel like that whole bit with the guards if the episode hadn't already been short, I think they would have cut it. I agree. Um, that said, I mean, it's certainly been a thing where Arya has to argue with guards that don't believe <laughs> she is who she says she is. Yeah. Like she tried it at the, uh, at the Erie and it didn't even work. She didn't even end up getting in there. Um, gave up once she heard that uh, Lisa was dead, even though she had no way to know that Sansa was actually still in there. Yeah. Um, uh, but yeah, you know, introducing who she is. Cause there was also a scene like that back in uh, season one, you know, when she was sneaking around, she found the dragon skulls, overheard Varys and so on, and then had to come back around the long way. She, mm-hmm. there was a very similar conversation of like, Hey, you guards, I'm Arya Stark. You need to let me in. And they're like, no, you're not go away. That sort of thing. <laughs> yep. <laughs> So, like, having more of that is is fun, and I thought she handled it well. So I didn't hate the scene or anything. It just did kind yeah. of feel, like, extra. Yeah, a little lightness because there wasn't mm-hmm. that much lightness in it. Yeah. Um, one, one thing uh, that I think is worth noting about it that's a nice little uh, organic bit of world building is showing how many of the people that are hanging around really don't know the history at all. They didn't know who Maester Lewin is. They didn't yeah. know who Roderick was. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's just kind of that part of what's going on there is this idea that like, like those guys, it was not that long ago. 
these guys mm -hmm. are strangers. And so that's kind of tying into what I was saying earlier about how a lot of their forces around Winterfell right now are actually Littlefinger's guys. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, there's there's a lot of uh airy men there. Yeah. If uh if the war uh against the uh, Night King up in uh, Eastwatch next week goes really bad, um Littlefinger might feel like it's time for him to make a move and switch back to Cersei's side or something. Yep. So, um I looked up that image by the way of the dagger and it's the passage that it's talking about is Aegon the Conqueror. So that means it's definitely older than Rhaegar and some other people. Um, and uh, it's talking about, you know, how Valyrian steel is made and how uh, some of these blades would be decorated with dragonglass. And the hilt is black and shiny. So mm -hmm. I think that that's kind of interesting to know about that dagger. Yeah. That. It's uh, it's likely got dragon glass and it's Valyrian steel. Just, just want to put that little <laughs> tidbit out there. Part of what's interesting about that is the question of whether or not that suggests that Arya will be heading north from mm. from here. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. because I think, you know, part of what's interesting about when we talk about her list, which comes up a couple of times in this episode, obviously, uh, is the idea that Cersei obviously is kind of num her number one at the moment, except there's kind of a lot of people who want to kill Cersei, right? Mm -hmm. So yeah. they can't all get the glorious vengeance of, of that or anything. You know what I mean? I, so it, it's, it comes down to... Arya's probably not going to do that one, is my guess. Mm -hmm. Right. So, you know, maybe they are sending her north. I don't know. All I'm, speculation still. I think, I think yeah. her entire path changed when she changed direction. Mm -hmm. um, and and Bran even says, he's like, I saw you yeah. at the end. Yeah, I thought they you were going to Kin's Landing. They remind us of the strength of that, uh, dis that decision, the weight of it. Yeah. And it shows us that not that the future is not set in stone because Bran thought she was going to King's Landing. And so it shows that he can't really predict the future 100 percent. Mm -hmm. You know, it's 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 fluid. Yeah. Kind of like visions in a fire. Yeah. Kind of like someone else we know. <laughs> mm. Interesting. <laughs> So, uh, Marco, uh, from last week, he has joined us again. And Welcome I back. He, I, I don't mean to assign gender where there may not be, uh, correct, uh, but says, I feel like Sansa will give a lone wolf dies. The, you need the pack to survive speech. When she passes the sentence, Littlefinger will be taken down by the Starks. And Bran might know about John Aaron's death, so Night of the Veil gonna turn on Littlefinger too. Hmm. That is that, one that possibility. Yeah, interesting. You know what would be a super fun way for him to go is to have Robin push him down the moon door. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh, that would be that would be very poetic. <laughs> I'm not sure poetic, we're gonna yes. get back there. Yeah, but there's poetic. a lot of things that would have to happen to allow that, but 
Yeah. I'm just, you know, just talking about ways that would be, uh, I think, satisfying to me ways for him to go. And of course, the other thing is, too, that they could also build to something else that would make it more satisfying. Like, yeah. you know, if they want to have Arya do it, they could have more stuff happen between now and then that would make it satisfying in the way that I kind of felt like it wouldn't be yet. Mm-hmm. And then she'll kill him with the dagger and that'll feel poetic. <laughs> um, regarding Arya's list, we don't yeah. know. Like, So as far as what's been shown or what she said, because yeah. she may have added some people in her travels. <laughs> Cersei is at the top still. Um, of those alive, I should say, on the list. Cersei yeah. for, um, for accusing and behaving Ned. Got mm-hmm. uh, Melisandre for taking Gendry. Mm-hmm. Ilan Payne for beheading Ned. Beric and Thoros for selling Gendry to Melisandre and releasing the Hound. We had the Hound. I'm guessing he's not on the list anymore, but technically, as far as we know, he is. I think that there were some of the scenes um, when she was training in the House of Black and White where she kind of, Mm -hmm. I think, admitted that in her heart she'd really taken him off the list. Yeah. She didn't ever really say it to him but uh, that she didn't had actually removed it, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah I agree. And, and um, for torture at Heron Hall and raiding the Riverlands. Yeah. I, of, uh, oh, I'm hmm, sorry. Uh, you still more. Well, and then there's the people who are dead. Yeah, yeah. So those who are dead, Joffrey for ordering Ned and the Butcher's Boy's death, killed by Littlefinger Elena, Tywin for the Red Wedding. <clears throat> Polliver for stealing needle and killing uh, Lamy, mm-hmm. who Arya killed. Yeah. Uh, Rorge for torturing her and all, who Arya killed. Marin Trant for killing Sirio, who Arya killed, and Walder Frey for the Red Wedding, which yeah. Arya killed. Um, yeah, she's got a pretty good record so far. The only mm-hmm. one surviving on the list that I think we're just not even going to mention is Ilan Payne because he's just been dropped completely. Yeah. Um, well, the actor know? got sick, right? Did yeah. he? Oh. Yeah. Yeah, he had I'd... a bout of cancer, and then uh, oh. from what I read, he has bounced back and had a really great recovery, and he said he would love to be back on the show. But oh, Well, good for him. Oh, I, I did not know that. I just assumed that they're like, he can't talk, so we're not really using Well, him. you know, the, I mean, they are uh, bringing all sorts of stuff yeah. from early seasons back. Um, uh, so who knows? Uh, they might. I mean, having the dagger show up again, I mean, that's a yeah. that's a throwback. Yeah. I don't suspect we're actually going to see her complete the list. Well, no, I don't think so. I mean, especially <laughs> as we were just talking about that it seems unlikely at this point that she'll get Cersei. Melisandre seems plausible that that could happen. Um, yeah. And uh, I would imagine Thoros and Beric. I think that she, you know, she's not going to do that. Like they're going to meet some other fate first or she's going to, remove them from the list without killing them is my guess. Yeah, I could see that. Um, what I did really like is when she mentions the list and, uh, you know, Sensel's like, oh, okay. And then the list is mentioned again and Sensel's like, oh no, she's serious. Dang, yeah. my sister's dark. My brother's creepy and my sister's dark. Yeah, that's 100% Littlefinger's next avenue of attack, though, is mm-hmm. to try to say, you know, all your siblings have superpowers now. Actually, I take that back because even though that's been sort of a meme-like joke, um, 
Littlefinger doesn't know about John coming back from the dead for sure. Yeah. Uh, I mean, that's it. Since we're, we're pretty definitive now, I think that they're not really telling people who don't already know. They're not sharing that information, which again, just, you know, raises the question that they're brushing aside, which is that why don't people have a problem with him not being in the night's watch anymore? We kind of, we've talked about that. So, yeah, but uh, I, I definitely think, you know, where this skips ahead to the scene with uh, Arya and Brienne, which we don't want to, mm-hmm. you know, skimp on, but um, Sansa looking kind of unsettled by that whole mm-hmm. thing and Littlefinger noticing that and smiling. Yeah. Yeah. yeah he's, I think, definitely going to start trying to, his next tactic is going to be something to the effect of, you know, She's different now. What's going on? Like all all of your siblings are are not like you anymore. Are they really still your family? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And That's I I, I also just want to mention I really like the line when she sees Sansa. She's like, "Do I have to call you lady now?" Yes. <laughs> yeah. That's pretty good. And yeah. I was also thinking um behind the scenes, uh so Maisie Williams and uh Sansa's actress, I can't remember her name. Sophie Turner. Thank you, Sophie Turner. I was completely blanking. Are really good friends, but they haven't been able to act together in seasons. And um, yeah. I was just thinking, oh, they must be so happy they get to hang out at work together again. Because yeah. they, yeah. I mean, they haven't, I mean, it's not even just like not in scenes together. I mean, they've literally been in completely separate location shoots. Yeah. Um, I was actually thinking about that in the context of John and Danny in this episode, just in the sense that those are characters who literally have never even been on the same continent. Yeah. The entire <laughs> um, run of the show so far. Absolutely. There's, there's some people on the show that have probably never met each other at work. Yeah. And, uh, oh, yeah. and, and this season is shaking everything up and people are yeah. starting to meet new, which is, you know, mm-hmm. kind of fun. Yeah. Um, I really did like their, their meeting scene. I thought it felt pretty natural. Mm-hmm. It was interesting that uh, Arya was dressed like Ned. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They had the yeah. same kind of top knot, the same armor. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Similar stances. I like I like her new outfit. Oh, yeah. Um, we don't really get a good look at it in those early scenes because she's still got the heavy cloak on. But when we mm-hmm. see it later for her fight scene, um, I, I like it a lot. I like that costume. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, yeah, that scene, having them meet down there because here, here's a question for you guys. Um, because I've seen a couple of, of takes on this shot that I disagreed with, but let's see what you guys felt. The scene the shot in particular I'm thinking about is the shot where Arya has is sitting on the little bench or whatever while the guards are talking and she kind of pans around looking at the interior of Winterfell and we have the music kind of swell. What are you what what were you guys thinking that Arya was feeling in that moment? To me it was I'm home, like seeing all those it, it looks the same, like you know, the banners there, the everything's still standing and to me it was i feel like a stranger Mm. 
that's what I felt. She, I mean, the banners were, yeah, okay, this means that this is supposed to be home, but it doesn't look like I remember. This is not how the courtyard looked the last time I was here. I mean, the castle burned. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah. things are look different. There's no horror. There's no uh, uh, Sir Roderick. There's, you know, there's no yeah. familiar people. That was my brain of- may be retroactively, but I swear there was a little smile at the end of it. Um, I watched specifically (laughs) for it um, this time and I, I, because, because I had seen a couple of different takes and, and the two of you, I mean, obviously I think kind of sum up where, where some people have disagreed. I tended to be more on where with the nutty that she was kind of having a reaction of like, she was sort of anticipating this great homecoming where she was going to see John and everything was going to be great. But instead, the guards give her a hard time, and then she's looking around, and she's feeling like, I don't know anyone here. Yeah. I mean, in theory, I'm going to see Sansa, but this is not feeling right yet. And I think that the end of the shot is where she sees the banner, which gives her the idea to go to the crypts. And so to the extent that there's a little smile at the end, I think it's because she's realizing that that's where she wants to go. Nice, not yeah. um, That was that was my my take there but yeah i definitely especially you know the scene with the guards kind of reinforces that idea that she she's feeling like i don't you know i'm not the same person i was when i was last here and no one none of those people here are the same people it's really not my home anymore in the same way like maybe it can be again but it's not what it was i've not come back home I'm going to try to make a new home in the same place, maybe. Mm-hmm. And and like I'm sorry, Aaron, every time she tries to say she's Arya, it's an Aaron guard trying to throw send her away. Uh, but uh, Mike McCauley says, uh, in quotations, so I assume this is from uh, Arya's point of view, while you dipshits are arguing, I'm going to go to my safe place and head to the crypt. Uh, Marco says, if you're expecting a heartwarming reunion, you're not paying attention. Uh, it was familiar, but not the same. <laughs> Uh, Paulette says, I was thinking it's changed. Uh, it made me think of her meeting with her dire wolf. This isn't me anymore. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah. Interesting. Um, the, uh, the idea that, uh, uh, she's thinking while you dipshits are arguing, I'm going to my safe place and head to the crypt. Um, makes me just think how given where she spent the last couple of years, um, it probably would be, uh, she would not yeah. think of the crypts as creepy at all. She would yeah. probably actually find it very calming. Yeah. And, um, I, I really enjoyed their reunion down there. I enjoyed that Sansa knew exactly where she would go. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, their conversation of the, uh, the stone sculpture of their father. And it's, doesn't look like him. They should have had somebody who knew him sculpt it. And it's like, yeah, nobody who knew his face is alive anymore. And it's just, ooh, that's, it really shows you how different things are because, uh, you know, season one, everyone in the North knew what the Starks looked like. And we're, flash forward to now, nobody knows what Ned looked like Nobody knows what Arya looked like. 
nobody knows what anyone looks like, you yeah. know, and in, so in the books, um, we have a fake Arya. Uh, there is somebody that the Lannisters is passing off as Arya and it's actually like one of Sansa's friends and that's how it's working because she knows all of the information. She's got dark hair and there's nobody there to say, oh yeah, it's Arya. And, and they use Theon, they make Theon say that, yes, it's Arya. And it's it's kind of the same thing that I'm seeing here. It's nobody knows what she looks like. Mm -hmm. And you you need someone like Sansa or John to be able to say, no, 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 that's Arya. Because if they weren't around or didn't survive, it doesn't matter that Arya is a Stark. There's nobody to verify that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, and it just ties into that, uh, the, the guards again, them just like, they they don't even know who the master of arms or the maester of this castle was just from a few years ago. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Crazy. And uh, Marco wants to point out that Arya likes faces, you know, faces are kind of important to someone who studied <laughs> with the faceless men. To no one. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Do you want to jump over to the fighting training? Yes. Yes. So uh, Brienne kept her vow to Catelyn Stark. She didn't really do much to her to to make sure that Arya was okay. She tried, but uh, yeah. you know, Arya's okay, I, and she found her. Honestly, right. I was kind of on Brienne's side <laughs> there in the sense of not really wanting to take credit like yeah. you know i mean it's one thing like i love brienne and so i know that she can sometimes be too hard on herself like pod says but at the same time i mean really like yeah. she tried but was not successful and the fact that they both ended up back here really had very little to do with her sansa excuse me sansa more than aria yeah. but aria really not at all like her only attempt to uh, get Arya back probably was actively counterproductive in the sense that d resulted in Arya going off to Essos for a year and a half or however long. Yep. However long they want to establish in the show world, Game of Thrones. Game of Thrones. And she can't. She can't train for shit, or at least Pod can't learn for shit because. Well, I yeah, I was thinking she's kind of mean in her training like every time we see her training it's her knocking him on his ass and then criticizing him for doing something wrong he's clearly not getting it well and i like i like aria's advice this is don't attack someone like her you're never gonna win <laughs> and mm -hmm. that to me shows the difference in aria's training aria is not trained to be a knight mm -hmm. aria is trained to be a killer aria is trained to use her size to her advantage. And that's why it works so well in the fight. So Pod trying to train like a big lumbering person when he's not, mm -hmm. is not the way for him to train. You need to train to your strengths. You can't, yeah. you can't force yourself into another mold. You have to find the, uh, the training that goes with what you already are. Like it'd be silly for Sam to try to, uh, as we saw, you know, for Sam to try to just be a, a fighter of the Night's Watch, th that doesn't make sense. His strengths are his intelligence. And that's why Mormont was like, no, you're going to Maester Aemon, where you can do us some good. 
because mm-hmm. there is something strong in you. It's not your fighting. Yeah. Um, and, and, and that's the same for pod. I mean, yeah, pod, you, you could probably learn pretty well, but t- trying to learn to do what Brienne does, well, you're missing the size. Well, and as far as whether he's learning or not, I mean, I think he probably is, but oh, yeah. part of what's happening here is Brienne consistently, despite kind of professing to know how good she is, kind of undervalues her actual talent because she kind of just assumes that if anyone works hard, they could be as good, mm-hmm. right? There's this mm-hmm. element, I think, where she does not, she she kind of discounts whatever natural gifts she might have. And so she has just been upping the difficulty on the, on the curve, like whatever yeah. Pod manages to improve, she just takes him to the next level where she's still going to knock him on his ass. Mm-hmm. You know, um, and so I think that um, she maybe, I you know, at least from what we've seen, she doesn't do a very good job of any positive reinforcement of what he may be doing well. <laughs> yeah. And I don't know. I mean, I feel like we've seen enough scenes like this that I'm a little bit annoyed. I feel like I want to tell Brienne she's not doing a good job <laughs> in training <laughs> I think right. though, and I can defend uh, I can defend Brienne in this sense. I think that there's there's two things happening. One, just because you're good at something doesn't mean you can teach it. That's very important. Uh, Number two, Brienne being a woman and trying to f- be a knight, I would not be surprised if that's how she was trained and that she never got any positive reinforcement because she they were trying to discourage her. And that despite poor training and no positive reinforcement, she learned. And so she's trying to replicate that with Pod, not realizing that it's a different situation. Mm-hmm. No, yeah, I mean, I believe it is in character and all, I'm yeah. just, all, all that. I'm just but saying. She's a bad teacher. <laughs> in the abstract, yeah, I feel like she's she's overly harsh on Pod and it makes me sad. Yeah. Um, and there's not usually things with Brienne that, like that, you know, I feel like, you know, I, I'm, I'm right there with her most of the time. So mm-hmm. the, the moments where I feel like she's in the wrong. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, at the same time, I thought it was interesting too the idea that Arya comes in and says, well, I want to train with you because you beat the hound, but it's, it, I don't think she, that's, that's not actually what she wants. She she wants to fight with someone who yeah. thinks she thinks is good. Yeah. You know, that that didn't seem like uh, a real thing of like, oh, yeah, let's have a lesson. That was, this is the thing that I'm going to say to her so that she'll fight me. Yeah. For fun. Yeah. Right. And it was total fun for Arya. She was having such a blast. Yeah. And that was scaring the heck out of Sansa. Um, Paulette said that uh, the... the um, the sparring scene between Arya and Brienne was one of the most profound season, uh, sorry, scenes of the season so far. Um, and she liked how Arya just casually twirls the cat's paw dagger before handing it to Brienne. Mm-hmm. Much like she twirls a uh, needle, like the badass mm-hmm. she is, says Mike. And uh, I, yeah. I, I do agree that, yes, it was... Paulette, sorry, I'm just responding to the chat here. Uh, it was one part Cyril Pharrell because in my notes, I have uh, Aria, tra- Aria trains. 
just so just so <laughs> like every time she did something in my head i heard just so <laughs> from Syria. <laughs> and uh, didn't put this in her notes but as we were watching it she was talking about how she saw the different um trainers in mm. that fight she started out as Syria, and then she went hound um just the tactics or serial yeah. and then more like men in black and then the hound mm. um which Very maybe we didn't do it but as then when we went on our second watch I'm like holy you know yeah i could see it yeah. <laughs> and she also had in her notes how um just she absolutely loved it she never dreamed she'd see aria with training with brianne Mm -hmm. uh, goosebumps, wonderful. Yeah, <laughs> and oh, those so were little fingers watching. <laughs> yeah, I. Oh. It's it's a scene that I didn't know I wanted. You know, like mm -hmm. there's these pairings of. Wouldn't it be cool if? Oh, I don't know. Varus and Melisandre could talk to each other, or you know, you you have these ideas of these pairings and these scenes together. This is a scene I it never even occurred to me. Wouldn't it be cool if Arya could spar with Brienne? <laughs> and yes, it is. Yeah, um, and it just the 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 build and the sequence of it was just fantastic with. You know the the starting of it of like no you can't use that it's too small that that sword and just like oh you know well let's try it out and see yeah and uh, <laughs> then that first thing where it's you know big swing versus clink 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 mm -hmm. and dancing out of the way and all of that cool stuff and um, doing a couple of little uh, you know taps on uh, Brienne's hand or her leg to kind of communicate is like you're you're going too easy i'm i'm better than this already you need to keep work harder mm -hmm. and uh and then it gets to the point where you know uh aria is aggressive enough and pressing it enough that uh brian just instinctively you know kicks her away and then there's that moment of brian going oh no it, was <laughs> that too far did i do too much and then Arya just hops back up, and and they're both kind of like, "Oh, hell, all right, this is good. This is no, this is this is what we wanted here," yeah. and uh, and for you know, leading to you know uh, disarming Arya from needle, but then she pulls out the new dagger, and they do the you know the nice finish, and just oh, it's so great. And then the mm -hmm. the perfect capper line too, right? Who taught you mm -hmm. to do that? No one. No one. No one. Yeah. And uh, so the whole thing is, uh, so I saw a lot of things in this, this sparring session. Um, so I train in martial arts and one of the things that I, there are a lot of insights that I saw there. Um, you know, she's learning and watching Brienne fight as she fights with Brienne. Um, the, oh, you, you that, that's too small. You can't fight with that. And it's like, eh, no, no, no. <laughs> It's just going to be a different tactic. And uh, so to me, it was like these big swipes from Brienne are like kicks, you know, in karate. And they, they focus on these kicks and, and the kicks can be really powerful unless you're fighting an opponent that doesn't kick because kicks are really slow and you can get in there. And exactly what I would do to a kick is what Arya did is she taps it to the side and she gets in nice and close because one of the safest places you can be is close to your opponent. And it was really neat to see all of those things happening. 
And um, when when Brienne kicks her, and there's that whole scene of did I go too far? And Arya gets up and was like, "This is what I'm talking about." That's a similar thing that I have felt when I'm training with somebody from a different dojo because they're just too gentle. Oh, you're a woman. I'll be really gentle. You're smaller than me. And I'm like, no, give me some energy. And the moment I feel somebody really try to give me energy, I'm like, all right, now we can actually work. Now, now this is how we blend because if you're not giving me energy and you're like treating me with kid gloves, I'm not getting anything from this. So... Mm-hmm. It was really neat seeing all of that. And um, Paulette said uh, she thinks that she wanted to fight Brienne to have some practice against a big, tall opponent like the mountain, maybe. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So I loved yeah. everything about that scene. Yeah, it was great stuff. Including uh-huh. uh, uh, before when Pod says, Milady, and Brienne goes, I'm not, oh, whatever. <laughs> you know, it's just like, thank you. <laughs> but another moment where people say that they're not something. Yeah. Although exactly. that's kind of, yeah, she, you know, pulls it out, you know, doesn't work as hard to correct him this time. Um, and Vip's notes with a uh, little finger <clears throat> giving that, you know, they share that look. Uh, it kind of goes back to our previous discussion because she put in the question is little finger on her list. <laughs> and then, um, uh, when she gets a chance to talk to Sansa, has she gotten the story from Sansa, knowing that he gave her to Ramsay with full knowledge of what was going to happen, may add him to the list. <laughs> mm. yeah. So, uh, um, And going back to the tree, as far as uh, Littlefinger wanting something in return, um, I think Littlefinger learned enough about Bran and Arya, both as a result of just that one gift, which may be worth the investment. Mm-hmm. I, I definitely love, come back to pay off in another way. Yeah, and mm-hmm. I love how Arya's immediately starting to use that dagger. From the moment she got it, it became part of her arsenal. It's not going anywhere, and I'm like, yeah, that's 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 nice. Um, and again, when going back to the 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 where would tree, um, the Godswood. That's what I was trying mm-hmm. to think of uh and you know sounds is like this is really important we need to know what's going on Brown's like it doesn't matter and sounds you know everyone wants to know it doesn't matter and uh i i think christiana was right yeah this is this is all here so aria can get that knife because that was an important thing mm-hmm. which is not to say that i i think any of it felt too contrived i think it's mm-hmm. just more a matter of you know, where we can recognize at this point when something is happening because it's a plot and when something is happening because it is setting up for plot. Yeah. Um, so uh, getting back to the fight, uh, Scott T248 says, Arya really trained left-handed for that scene, even though she's right-handed. I think, uh, I think you're talking about the actress. Uh, yeah, she's been doing that since the beginning because uh, the character of Arya Stark is left-handed and mm-hmm. Maisie Williams is righty and she's always trained lefty. Although, very- honestly, there's actually been relatively few scenes where she actually fights with Needle. Yeah. This is true. Oh, f- throughout the series, yeah. 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 We see I mean, a it- lot of it in the season one. 
because the training scenes, but yeah. yeah. Well, and even then, most of those scenes, she's not using needle because she's training with yeah. the wooden yeah. swords. Because <laughs> um, I think, the, you know, the first time she uses needle was that, that stable boy who tries to stop her when she's escaping. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yes. So Scott said yes, the actress. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah. Anything else in this? Anything on the Starks? Mm. Nope. Well, we, I mean, we could, we, we didn't really talk about Mira leaving, but um, mm. it's, I, I will say I that it, it felt a little bit abbreviated uh, for, you know, a significant character as significant as hers. But I, I think it was also just kind of a case of trying to ha do some expedient storytelling there in the sense of, First of all, Mira is a significant enough character that we can't just have her leave without noting it. Um, but also trying to have her really sell the idea of how different Bran is. Mm -hmm. Because we've been wondering up to this point, well, is he just sort of dealing with this new thing, but he's still himself inside? And the answer apparently, according to the writers, is... No, and they want to communicate that very specifically by showing him have a, a uh, cool to the extreme reaction to Mira leaving and her even really calling him on it to just say, thank you? <laughs> like, yeah. like I just brought you a coffee or something? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Bruh. Yeah. So kind of felt bad for her character, but yeah, I really felt bad for her. And she's just like, what? Yay. Okay. I'm going to go to my dad while the world ends. Cause clearly that's what's happening. Yeah. You so glad so many people died for you. Yeah. <laughs> we could have stayed home and just not died. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But uh, yeah, so while feeling bad for Mira, it was kind of a case of utilitarian storytelling there. I think, you know, mm -hmm. have to deal with what's up with Mira and also give something. Because honestly, that scene sold the idea of how different Bran was more than, yeah. more than anything else to me. Yeah, agreed. And, and when you've got another character saying something about a character, I think it... Um, it has more impact than us saying, well, the way that they acted in this scene is very <laughs> different, you know? Well, and in particular, Mira saying, you actually died there in that cave. Mm -hmm. um, without wanting to say it's necessarily the final word on the subject, because I think, you know, it would be pretty boring storytelling if a uh, brand just acts only like this for the whole rest of the series. Right. Um, but... If um, at the same time, I think I think we're meant to think she's right. Mm -hmm. Bran is permanently changed into yes. this new person, which is not the same thing as the soul of the previous three-eyed raven now inhabiting his body. Right. More a matter of to the extent that our identities and our personalities are made up of experiences and our memories and so on. You know, he now has experiences and memories 
that overwhelm any of the ones he had as Bran. Mm -hmm. You know, so how could you how could you be the same person when all of a sudden, in addition to your original memories, you have the all of the memories of five hundred other people? Yeah. Like, yeah. how could you how could you be the same person after that? Yeah. You can't. Nope. Let's uh, check in with Cersei. Oh, yeah. Although, uh, yeah. I was just kind of one last button on that scene is just the joke mm -hmm. of like, although if he's got that many people's memories, you'd think that at least one of them would be less rude. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway. Bigger fish to fry. Mm -hmm. um, so Cersei and Tycho, and you can tell listening to this for at least a week probably now is clearly wearing on her. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, she's, uh, we, we have another moment of, uh, no, I'm not a Lord. I'm just mm -hmm. an instrument of the institution, that yeah. sort of thing. Um, but yeah, I, this, this was another scene like where I, I didn't hate it, but it really just felt like, we 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 just have to establish la you know we ha it, it's like the the same scene as the previous one where she said yep we're going to pay you and now it's like now it's just not a surprise how how they're going to pay anymore mm -hmm. it's like the money's on its way yeah but, so he's saying you know, you're going to need outside backers right so uh -huh. great we get our money we're back in business i'm behind yeah. you and well, she says, well, Kyburn's made overtures to the Golden Company in Essos, which yeah. should put him on edge, I would think, you know, competing bids. Well, no, I, I no. wouldn't have gotten that impression. I yeah. would think that it's not a competing bid to the Iron Bank. It's that the Iron Bank would loan them the money to pay the Golden Company. Yeah. Uh, okay. Um, the Iron Bank doesn't have their own soldiers. They pay for it. <laughs> yeah. Um, they normally would hire the Golden Company if they yeah. needed soldiers. Um, the Golden Companies, I mean, you know, who knows in the show, but certainly, I mean, the idea is that, like, even of other swords, they're kind of the ones that go where they get paid to go. Mm -hmm. um, but one of the things that I think is an interesting ramification of this is, is kind of one of the things I was mentioning earlier is the idea that... Um, half of Cersei's whole pitch for why people should stick with her and not support Daenerys is this idea that, oh, well, you know, this is Westeros for Westerosi and I'm not bringing in all these foreigners. But now that she's going to have lost a lot of her Lannister men and talking about bringing in the Golden Company, there's like, that's foreign soldiers too. Right. <laughs> no, 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 but it's not foreign when I do it. Yeah, that's how she's gonna, you know. No, no, no. They're they're Lannister men. See, mm -hmm. I, I, I put lions. Yeah, on. and these uh, <laughs> private cell swords that have are from a faraway nation and uh, have no yeah. vested interest in the well-being of the people here are gonna do good things in the yeah. world. <laughs> yeah. Um. So it's. Yeah, I I think that uh, that is you know, coming up, it's going to be the way that the war keeps going now that the, the Lannister armies appear to have been kind of decimated, uh, here. And, uh, 
but at the same time, I wonder how much they will get into that idea that the idea of hiring them while maybe necessary to win is another illustration of a victory that leaves you with nothing as a prize. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Agreed. And mentions, you know, she already is hiring them to recover some things that belong to me. Now, did did she just mean the other kingdoms, or do you th- was there something specific that she's talking about other than that? It's got to it be a breadcrumb to something. It felt like a weird way to say it because I mm-hmm. felt from context like she was talking about you know castles and kingdoms and stuff, mm-hmm. but it's a weird way to say that. It makes it sound like she's talking about objects or even maybe people, but who would, who or what would that be? Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm thinking there's going to be some some spy assassin action based on that statement. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Seemed definitely significant. Scott mentions Casterly Rock. Um, I don't think she's worried about getting Casterly Rock back. That's kind of the whole plan. But that's going to be like a long-term investment. Um, I think, uh, I don't know, it just, it feels like, you know, things that belong to me are, it's a a little more weighty. Mm -hmm. Uh, Yeah, so, I mean. We'll see. I I didn't have the impression that she really even cares at all about Casterly Rock at this point. She feels like she's Mm -hmm. traded up. Yeah. Upgrade. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep. All right. Over to Dragonstone. Mm-hmm. We uh, have Danny Masende and John um, heading into the caves of Dragonglass, mm-hmm. which seemed like it was supposed to be spectacular and wow, but just on my screen, I couldn't really see shit. Yeah, it was pretty <laughs> yeah, realistic. You were there. <laughs> But yeah, the the lighting was still pretty dark for it to be the sort of big grand reveal that it seemed like they wanted it to be. Mm-hmm. Also, I I I don't hate the idea that there would be all these engravings there, but mm-hmm. there were some gamey thronies dealing with that. Just first of all, it's like, oh, by sheer coincidence in this area that we're mining, it turns out that there's pictographs that just explain the exact point that I was hoping to make, even though it's not really obvious why those things would necessarily be here. And oh, does it seem weird at all that the depictions of the men and the children of the forest are very, very simple, and yet there's just ridiculously intricate pictures of yep. others so that it's really obvious what they are right <laughs> yeah well okay so i could i could hand wave at the all right the these these carvings are right where we're mining well i'm thinking sure the children they they put it they put these uh carvings all over the cave because they th- figured hey we're gonna need to know this information one day sure whatever um what I just heard in my head while this scene was happening was John saying, see, see, remember these things I was saying? This is my legit source. I'm citing my uh-huh. source. <laughs> yeah. And I didn't like, just carve it in there. And I have my yeah. archaeology degree in carbon dating that tells me. Yeah. Been here I know it was the children. <laughs> yeah. Like, because, because even though I think 
in a practical sense, it would not really make sense for her to say it. I kept kind of half expecting her to challenge him having just made those, have like having his people make them to come down and try to trick her or something. But I think what we're actually setting up here is, um, and, and you know, it, we don't want to necessarily use the next time on segments as, um, you know, uh, evidence for things necessarily, but um, I feel like we're definitely seeing it that Daenerys is kind of on a dark path right now, I think, um, because she wants what she wants and it's what she's always wanted, but she has stopped defining victory in terms of having things be the right outcome. Like, I feel like when she talks about stuff now, she's no longer looking at it in the context of saying, look at all the terrible things these rulers do. That cannot be allowed to continue. I'm going to do something about it. And it has started being more, no, I deserve it. It's mine by right, and I'm going to take it no matter what it takes. And I feel like I see her perspective changing and so, for example, the fact that, you know, I mean, this jumps to the next scene with them, but the, mm -hmm. the whole bit where she gets the bad news about the war and specifically asks John what she should do. And he tells her not to burn <laughs> milk castles and burn cities with dragons <laughs> as though that's something that, like, do you know, do you really need someone to explain that part to you? How that's bad. <laughs> but, um, but not only that, but she kind of, you know, like she doesn't go straight to the red keep and it's like, okay, yeah, we've got to fight. This is a war. People are going to die. But at the same time, I, I don't feel like what she ended up doing is a huge step from the going to the red keep with the dragons. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, I see it as really different. It's better, but like for ex it, it is still, first of all, a hundred percent not doing like, you know, I it's the show is putting Tyrion in a weird place right now because it's giving him what sound like smart plans and then having them fail due to plot shenanigans. Mm -hmm. Um, and her increasingly distrustful of him as a result. And I feel like I don't know what the show wants us to feel about that right now. You know what I mean? Are we supposed yeah. to be rooting for Daenerys to tell him enough of your clever plans? Because that doesn't feel right to me. I feel I, like <laughs> it was... Um... It was another compromise. Like, yeah, okay, so she was a dragon, but... She didn't burn castles. Well, right. This was an isolated strike against um, the army. Right. I may be crediting them with too much nuance, but <laughs> I took, you know, she sees the dragons, obviously, only in his words come back, be a dragon. Don't mm -hmm. listen to clever men, right? You're a dragon. Mm -hmm. And then when she asks John, to me, it was kind of the, a balance that he's not a clever man. He's smart, but he's not a clever man like Baelish yeah. or Tyrion or Varys. Um, 
and then and kind of regrounds her you know like don't burn things like <laughs> you're not gonna yeah, be better well, than anybody else and so she still takes you know uh pavlov's dragon if it's on the mantle you got to use it right so sure. but and it's, in a much it's, more productive manner yeah it's i mean it's better than burning the red keep but at the same time i feel like it is it is this middle path that i still feel like maybe maybe i'm biased here by just seeing in her this frustration of the the war not going well she's like taking it personally mhm and it's like the whole bit of like, what kind of queen would I be if I wasn't willing to risk my own life? And Tyrion's like a smart one. Yeah. And it's a little bit like in the fight later with uh, Bronn telling Jamie, like, you should go because we're going to get killed here. Um, and Jamie not leaving. And it's again, it's kind of just like saying, okay, but the amount of help that you can be by staying, is that worth the risk? Um, and I, and I obviously it, what we see in this fight, like it, like the fighting, fighting is going well with both the Dothraki and the dragon and everything. But if that spear had hit Drogon two feet to the right, he'd be dead and she'd be dead with him. Or if it hit her. Yeah. War yeah. over. Was that a good plan then? Just because that didn't happen? And not only that, but it's again, I'm, you know, uh, I'm, I'm trying not to be leaning too heavily on the clip from next time. Mm -hmm. uh, I don't I know how you guys feel time. about that. How do I, you, <laughs> they didn't include a next time this time. On, uh, well, they, uh, yeah. Okay, okay yeah. but what I'm saying is I saw a clip from next time in the little, you know, next time on Game of Thrones. Mm -hmm. How do you guys feel about talking about that? Because I could leave it out if people would really rather not hear it, but no, I think it's it aired. I, okay. I, have, no, I have no opinion because I didn't see it. <laughs> what what we see yeah. is her standing on a rock, lecturing a bunch of soldiers, basically telling them bend the knee or die, and then we see a cut to Varys telling Tyrion, "You've got to find a way to make her listen." Oh. Mm -hmm. And I think it's because Daenerys has stopped. I don't want to say stopped. She is caring less about the well-being of her subjects and more about winning because mm -hmm. she deserves it. Yeah. And especially for that sequence earlier in the episode where Miss Sandy is talking all about like, oh, you know, she's the queen we chose and, and that sort of thing. And it's like, yeah, but that's not how she's acting anymore. Yeah. She's, she's, I mean, she is telling John, oh yeah, I'll help you if you bend the knee. And it's like, well, are you going to let them all die because of your pride? And I'm like, you <laughs> turn that right back on her. It's like, you're right. going to let everybody die because of your pride. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and we never quite got an answer from John. Well, I think the answer is still no. I mean, I, yeah. I but uh, you're right, though, that it cuts away without giving an answer. But um, 
Like I wouldn't, I, you know, we'll, we'll see how they handle it. I don't know if they're going to go to a point where he maybe does bend the knee. I could, I could see that potentially happening, but I feel like in slow motion, we're starting to see a heel turn for Daenerys. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I perhaps one that can be interrupted before it is complete, but uh, yeah. Uh, you know, we've been reminded a couple of times of the madness of her father recently, um, how awful her brother was, and lots of people warning her about how bad it could be if she just rides in with her dragons and melts everything. And the other piece of what happened here, remember, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, I'm I'm fully into that fight scene now, by Got the it. way. Like, um the 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 battle is that first of all they established at the beginning of that scene the gold already made it to king's landing so all yes. the wagons we're seeing are the food yep mm-hmm. taken from all of the farmers of the reach that danny has now just blown up yeah and 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 a good portion of the army yeah but yeah. oh yeah i mean it was f- tactically in terms of winning the war yeah 100% it was effective but it is. But now all the, the food is burned. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, and and that's. I think that's a, a going to be a driving thing. The fact that nobody has food and winter. It's yeah. here. It's it's you yeah. know like we've we've had the White Raven. Um, so one thing I do want to get back to is. Um, I feel like they're trying to add romantic tension between John and Danny where it doesn't exist. And you know it's. It could just be me. I'm not seeing it. I'm not. I mean, okay, they might, but like, they're they're not giving it time to build, which is you know understandable because they don't have time. But it, I just feel like, well, Miss Sandy said something, and Davo said something, so now we must think that they have feelings. And yeah. then after the episode aired, uh, at least on HBO to uh, HBO now, is there's like a, always a little vignette. And that's what the, you know, Benioff and Weiss were talking about. And I'm like, yeah, I don't see it, guys. It's just, the, uh, oh, boy, it I, meets girl. They must have feelings for each other. Like, uh. I increasingly think they choose those vignettes specifically to try to shore up the parts of the episode they think are the weakest, honestly. Yeah, yeah I think so, too. I think you're, you're right, which is funny because it <laughs> talked about the cave paintings and their feelings for each other. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> But, uh, yeah, I, I, you know, you guys know, I love Davos. He's, he's one of my faves. Yeah. But yeah, his scene this week was just weird. Yeah. Like the yeah. whole bit of Miss Sandy's speech about the, the queen we chose and, and Davos kind of turns to John and says, you'll forgive me if I switch sides. I'm like, yeah. Fuck no. That's way do. Right. <laughs> what? Dude, I died and came back. You saw that. Come on. <laughs> yeah, I, the, I the best line was the we have ten thousand men, maybe less, fewer. Fewer, yeah, that's that was a great status call. Yeah, that was, that was, I missed that was it the fun. first time actually, but uh, yeah, that was that was fantastic. So um, <laughs> the other thing is when we get the reunion with Theon, mm-hmm. that's when I wrote this is the season of reunions. It's mm-hmm. it's all reunions, Big time. and uh, as John is walking towards Theon. All I kept thinking is um, there was that uh, it's like a, a video a couple seasons back and it had uh, 
one of the people trying to get all the different Game of Thrones actors to come together and make music or something. And you had the Alfie Allen and uh, Ewan Renan, Renan, yeah. however you say his name. Uh, that guy, yeah, creepy the guy. The guy who played uh, Ramsey, yeah. yeah. Awesome actor. Uh, they They view each other. And it's like this whole tension and it's like, you know, oh, Theon's, you know, kind of shaking and you think it's going to be a big thing. And then they just hug each other and you're like, oh, man, I missed you. It's been so long since we worked together. And I I wasn't expecting that, but that was in my head. And I'm like, man, if John just hugs him and says, you know, nah. it was no. it was pretty funny. No. You know, it, it, that's kind of fantastic because um I, I kind of had the same experience kind of in the reverse because I think part of what I, it, what was in my head when John was walking up to him was kind of forgetting how much John would know from Sansa what, yeah. what Theon did and thinking that he would be more focused on remembering getting the letter about Theon taking uh, Winterfell and the deaths of Bran and Rickon. Um, he still doesn't know about Bran. Um, you know, he would know that Theon told Sansa that it was faked, but just, yeah. you know, again, what I had more in mind was that piece, not what he would have heard from Sansa. And so I almost thought it was going to be more violent than it was, but yeah. having it kind of end up in this middle ground of just saying, you know, I'm going to recognize that you more recently than that awful thing you did an okay thing at yeah. personal risk. And so I will allow that for now to yeah. stop me from just killing you on the spot. When, but, when it uh, came down to it, you, you had my sister's back and, and I'll give you that pass. And I, mm -hmm. this happens all the time and it, it keeps happening in this show. It's the, well, Theon didn't actually kill Brandon Rick and no, but he actually killed kids. Mm -hmm. He killed two kids to be, you know, it was Brandon also Rickon. a profound betrayal of people who had treated him like, yeah, you know, like it, it, it was a really, really bad yeah. thing. It was, you know, I, people can defend, I, I think to some extent, um, you know, Theon is getting redemption through suffering, right? Like yeah. just mm -hmm. because he's had it really bad now, that means that he's automatically better. Not really. No, no. no like he, he seems to want to do better. So that has more weight to me than the fact that he's just gone through a lot. Yeah. But, but in any case, the other thing that didn't really come up in the scene, but occurred to me was like, John, you know, Theon is kind of officially one of Daenerys's allies here on Daenerys's home turf. And even though she's not present at the moment, if you wanted to kill Theon, that would probably not fly. That would be a problem. Yeah. 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 That would, that would be problems. Yeah. But uh, yeah. So I just, I just did want to bring that up. Um, I did want to bring up the opening of the battle scene. Um you know, everything's all cool. People are just chatting. And then you hear hoofbeats. Yeah. And I thought, oh, man, that is eerie. That is really, really eerie. And then you hear, I'm sorry, but these are the stereotypical shouts and sounds of, and I'm doing air quotes here, Indians mm -hmm. from movies. Like, that could have been stock sounds. And that's not what I picture from a Dothraki horde. I do not picture the high pitch, yeah, 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 noises that we were hearing and I just was like 
that's they've called them dothraki screamers for like four seasons now i guess i guess it just didn't feel i don't know it didn't feel right and it felt out of place to me so well i mean they were definitely native americans in in disguise in the scene there's no question there i mean yeah. it's yeah. like yeah. it's you know in cowboys and indians i mean it's you know down to the you know up on their saddles, kneeling and firing the bows and arrows and stuff like that. I mean, it, it, you know, it's not, it, I don't, I don't, I didn't have a problem with it, but I mean, it's, it's kind of clear that there's a lot of influence there. Yeah. There was a, like a behind the scenes thing afterwards that we can talk about later on, but they did specifically in the production say, you know, this is our cowboy and Indian scene. <laughs> yeah. 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 So, um, that you know that the opening of the scene was very good and um i i'm sorry the chat is actually going really really fast but there were a couple of things that i did want to point <laughs> out uh paulette says i see john's tactical knowledge all over that attack dothraki on the open field use the dragon fire to attack the supply train think of world war ii movies planes firing rockets at trains um and uh yeah, yeah. There, there, there was definitely, um, there was, there was definitely uh, some good tactics uh, to this battle, and it was as as you said, cowboy and Indian scene, and then boom, yeah. But we got planes or dragons, um, and uh, Marco says uh, the Mongols. Yeah. So um, you know, in the books, the Dothraki are portrayed more as Mongolians. In the show, they've portrayed them more. Uh, Middle Eastern and uh, their their fighting tactics are less Mongolian and then in this scene it was very Indian so and and when I say Indian I mean Hollywood's version right. of, of yeah so <laughs> um, I I there was so much going on there and Tyrion watching I thought was really interesting I, I agree. I loved it dramatically. I, I couldn't help think on the spot, though, that it's kind of like, you're standing kind of close to the action here, aren't yeah. you? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Good being um, point yeah, in the I, yeah, I loved that he was there, though, because the moment, uh, you know, the, because first of all, in the scene immediately prior, we were set up with the, I guess it wasn't immediately prior, but her last Danny's last scene with Tyrion was where she's basically challenging him of like, are you really underestimate, excuse me, underestimating them? Or do you just really not want to hurt your family as much as you say? Mm -hmm. And this is kind of a reminder of like, yeah, I mean, I think, you know, I don't think that Tyrion has been sabotaging anything. Yeah. We're not really trying to win, but yeah, he, he he doesn't want Jamie to die and definitely doesn't want him to make a suicidal rush into a dragon's mouth. Yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> like he's, he was narrating the audience, or at least me. Yeah. <laughs> and you could tell he definitely was thinking, go back to the castle. It's like Braun told you. <laughs> yeah. And uh, so I want to, I want to, I have a question about stakes. Um, mm -hmm. By the end of the scene, we realized stakes are low, um, but uh, I felt that the stakes were really high uh, for this scene, um, especially Braun got paid. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, man, what does that say for Braun? And then as the scene was going on, I'm like, 
Bronstad. He's going to do something big. It's going to be a big, important thing, but he's going to die. And then I was like, oh, maybe Jamie's going to die. Oh, maybe, you know, I really actually felt that there were true stakes in this scene. Mm -hmm. yeah. And then in the end, it felt really cheap. I I agree. And honestly, I, I don't want to make it like this was a big knock on the episode, but I will say it's a huge missed opportunity. The, the, the scene earned a big death and then didn't pull the trigger. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Scott does say uh, when they were standing up in their saddles, that is Mongolian. Yeah, yeah, there's a bit okay. of... Yeah, I will agree with you on that one. Um, and um, and Paulette says, anyone else think Brown's a little too lucky? <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, it's... Uh, I think, you know, Tim asks, who was everyone pulling for during the battle? Um and I mean, I think that that was, I, I think what, what we were intended to feel is conflicted. Yeah. Because we like Jamie and we like Braun. We don't want them to die. But we also don't really want Daenerys or the dragon to die. Yep. So, yeah, I mean, I think that's exactly what we're supposed to feel. And I think that the depictions of the dragon fire and what it's doing to the soldiers, um, I mean, it was, it was awesome on, in one sense, you know, like, literally sense for one uh but also it's kind of really horrible mm -hmm. you know what i mean and i think yeah. this is this is tying into what i was saying too is that okay sure she's not burning castles but you know and it's like okay yes there's war but i mean this is this is this is not war like people are used to no. anymore this is an and, unfair war well unfair is yeah it is not a war that looks out for the little guy. The yeah. little guy is the thing, mm -hmm. you know. It is. Well, uh, I mean, it's like it's like you know. All right, I came. I've got my soldiers. We've got our shields and our spears and our archers and our swords. And you brought a dragon. Uh, I did yeah. see a pretty good meme, and it was a, a Warhammer 40k thing. And you know, it's uh, Jamie shows up with his 1500 point army. And Daniera shows up with a 5,000 point army and it's like, oh, I thought we were playing a 1,500. Oh, well, I only brought 5,000. Let's just play and see what happens. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she brought the nuclear option. Yeah, yeah. so I mean, it, it, unfair in the sense that they're, they're just not working with the same tools well, and they have to rethink yeah. war. Yeah, I mean, I think it's 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 gamey thronies again because yeah. it's just a matter of each individual army in any given battle is the size it needs to be for it, the battle to go the yeah. way the plot wants it to. Um, that's why Euron's magic fleet was able to take on both halves of Theon's fleet on different sides of the continent within yep. days of each other. Mm -hmm. Who knows where Euron was actually at during all of that. And apparently to just completely wipe out the rest of the fleet and still be at strength for who knows how many ships and <laughs> right. uh, you know, and getting the unsullied who knows where and how many numbers and like how many of the Lannister forces actually were, you know, killed during the taking of uh, high garden. Any uh, hard to tell yeah. we don't we certainly don't really see any evidence of losses, um, but then for sure, but this battle is definitely intended to look, lopsided but i i think it's because 
Danny ha- is finally brought out the big guns, the ones that she had been holding in reserve for the specific reason of it was going to look bad to all the people around. Yeah. And so mm-hmm. she's kind of had her hand forced, but that doesn't change the facts on the ground, which is that the Westerosi people are going to see all of our hometown Lannister boys getting roasted alive and their heads chopped off by these a Targaryen. dragon and, and Dothraki. Yeah, but also and a Targaryen. What m- turned the people against the Mad King was that they he burnt his own people. And... Yes, sir. so did Cersei. Uh, but, um, you know, now she is literally burning her own people. Um, mm-hmm. The other thing that I noticed is there's going to be stories of people burning alive. And, oh, some people vaporize. I mean, mm-hmm. people mm-hmm. turned to ash. Yeah. that's That, that shows us also uh, more power of the dragons than we've seen before because every time we Mm -hmm. see the dragons use their fire they're stronger because they're still growing Mm -hmm. and uh they are at the point where they can turn things to ash now i have a question so um drogon gets hit with that arrow and he starts to go down does anyone think like okay yeah it it bothered him but like maybe part of that was a play like a tactic I don't I, think it was a play. I think it was a very startled surprise that he actually yeah. got hurt, um, mm-hmm. which may be important for people to see. Well, yeah, they can get hurt, but it fucking hovered after that. So yeah, obviously wasn't hurt. It didn't. It didn't impede his his flying. And the other thing is, well, when we saw the test with the uh, the the skeleton, the spear went all the way through to the other side this spear kind of got stuck and didn't go through to the other side of the wing alone and that's not even the skull which is a stronger part which makes me say okay scientific method you tried it on the skull but you didn't try it on anything that had skin you don't know what dragon <laughs> skin does it's also at the yeah that's yeah. what i was gonna say the range was completely different this is also true you know um, and again scientific method you're not going to be firing from directly close <laughs> yeah but well i mean it wasn't scientific method i mean the, yeah. the, the skull was a demo it was not the testing exactly um, well that's what i'm saying like it, it's we've got a very um uh yeah we think this is going to work not so yeah. much and but it was presented as this is definitely going to work and I disagree that it didn't affect Drogon's flying because, yeah, okay, he managed to flap a couple of times right before he hits the ground so that he doesn't die. That doesn't mean that it feels fine and he's able oh, to just yeah. take right back yeah. off again. Yeah. No. But I, it's it's I, clearly not dire. Like, Well, I thought um, it meant he had to land and only just bar- barely managed to not crash. That's um, was my take. I read it. I read yeah. it a little bit differently. I read it as he recovered and then he made way for the ballista. If there was any way possible for Drogon to keep flying, then Danny is a moron for having him land and getting off and trying to take the arrow out in the middle of the battlefield. Okay. Yeah, very true. That is an that idiotic me. thing to do if there was any other option. <laughs> yeah. That answers my question because I I wondered mm, is this a tactic you know yeah well uh, because I mean okay Jamie comes at her with a spear 
Well, it was like in a couple episodes ago, it just takes one arrow. If there's just one archer around there at some point, you just try to <laughs> pick her off yeah. From, yeah. from 40 yards away. More. You know, it's like, uh, you know. So, and, you know, the regular archers, the arrows bounced off, but I, they, if they hit Danny, though. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's that's um, the issue. Um, yeah. And uh, so so Paulette did say something. She said right right before, uh, you know, this battle happens right after Dickon talks about the smell of his first battle. Can you even ma- imagine what this battle smelled like? Right. <laughs> yeah, and so I took care of a lot of that. Right. So it's it's not so much. And, and like to kind of come back to this, like it's not that I like feel bad about the soldiers dying exactly i mean that you know it is a war right Mm -hmm. but earlier in the season when we had the strategy discussion it was specifically brought up you have the dothraki you have the unsullied you have three dragons you have these Greyjoy ships why do you not just go straight into king's landing and the reason is because they were hoping to be able to take it with Westerosi troops. Mm-hmm. So to make it clear to the people that she intends to rule that she's not just a foreign invader. That option has been taken away from her. And so she's just diving in with the big guns, which is effective militarily, but is still going to have that effect is yeah. that when she marches into the red keep after these battles the people are not going to feel like she's the rightful winner they're yeah. going to feel like she took it with force and they're she's scared of conqueror. her yeah yeah she's not a liberator she's a conqueror right which and so is a very different thing and that that is the turn that i've seen in her is that she has flipped the switch in her head that tells her that it's okay to do that mm-hmm now she's always had that switch kind of on a toggle. I mean, you know, oh, yeah. like, you know, but uh, at the same time, I feel like that's, she's moving more in that direction without anything that looks like it's going to act as a check because yeah. she's already not listening to the people who would tell her different. Yeah. You know, maybe she, she half listens to John, but only, so, I mean, if he hadn't said that though, would she have just gone and burned the red keep? Sounded like that's what she wanted to do. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> so, uh, and and why is Danny not wearing armor? Uh, mm-hmm. Paulette says, and I think that's just it doesn't occur to her. Mm-hmm. Um, many people have, and and Scott, I think it was that pointed out uh, how Danny can hang on to the dragon pretty easily. Um, I I think there's a little, you know, you could argue there's like little scales and spikes that she can get purchased and all this other stuff, but I, it, it, she's a Targaryen, but you know, <laughs> we'll just hand wave all of that stuff. He was born for yeah. this. Yeah. And, um, Drogon has gotten huge. Uh, mm-hmm. again, every time we see the dragons, they're more powerful. And every time we see, especially Drogon, he's bigger. And we definitely saw, uh, they use the budget. Well, I think in this episode, yeah, it didn't look cheesy. Mm-mm. It looked uh, it looked convincing. Uh, we had some new Dothraki math. Oh yeah, in the sense that it finally actually looked like there was a lot of them. That's a horde. Yeah, that is what I would define as a horde. Yeah. 
Uh, and which was great in the uh, behind the scenes kind of filming. It was really just you know a handful of them, and yeah. mm-hmm. they did all the tricks and the saddle. Well, yeah. So I guess and, uh, I read somewhere that they had a lot of the same extras playing both both armies <laughs> soldiers. Nice. <laughs> yeah. Just swap swap uniforms. Right. Yeah. And by the way, she only brought one dragon. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, this is just one. Uh, I think I think the stories among the people will be really interesting. Um, yeah, and I mean, I think you know it is further evidence of what you were saying, Chich, just that she is doing this as a compromise. Is that I think the reason she only brought one is because she can't count on being able to control the other two. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, Strategy writers. Yeah. The dragon Sounds, has yeah. Now she'll be forced to actually pay attention to a different dragon, maybe mm-hmm. for a little bit. <laughs> oh, maybe maybe she'll start uh, practicing with the other dragons now that one's, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> As Paulette says, that's not a horde. This is a horde. <laughs> <laughs> so I did have one one quick nitpick when Braun kills the Dothraki with the scorpion. And then folds out the arms so that it can fire. Well, yeah. they, I thought they showed him <laughs> reloading it again. I don't know. Yeah, but he hadn't. He had to actually fold out and bolt in the arms yeah. so that the, it actually. Oh, yeah. Once, yeah. once he opens the cart, yeah, he does. Yeah. Well, maybe it has like a light fire mode, right? That it was in, and then he extends it for you know distance mode. Yeah. <laughs> That was actually that, that didn't occur to me, but uh, that's that's kind of fun. Yeah. And so um Jamie, you know, makes the thing and then he gets saved. I couldn't really tell who it was, and it doesn't really matter, I suppose, but yeah. it looked like Braun maybe. Oh, I'm pretty sure it was Braun. Yeah, I think so too. Um it it it's hard like I didn't freeze frame it or anything. Mm-hmm. Um but Certainly, I noticed earlier in the scene that, you know, Braun is wearing leathers and Dickon is in, you know, uh, full armor. Yeah, right. Um, and the profile of whoever knocked uh, Jamie off the horse um, looked more like Braun. So, uh, Scott says it is Braun. So, yeah, I mean, it, uh, that was my guess. That's, that's um, pretty – I was – quite certain of that um but you do mention something interesting they are in the water which okay that's going to save them um jamie's wearing armor yeah uh and swim armor waterproof yeah something like a gold hand yeah okay but okay but he was on the coast yeah got knocked off his horse and then suddenly the water is what 40 feet deep (laughs) it's a sinkhole fathoms Um, uh, Marco points out, um, something that, yeah, now that he says it, uh, I, I totally buy it is that there, it's a white horse and we do actually see, uh, our last shot of Braun where it's obvious that it's Braun is him having just escaped the burning of the scorpion and looking and seeing an un, un, uh, you know, unoccupied white horse. Yep. So I would say that that sounds definitive to me. If, yeah. I didn't notice that it was a white horse, but if if it is in fact a white horse in that last shot, then I I I think it yeah. is. I think Jamie is also riding a white horse, but but that's fine. Mm-hmm. I if yeah. they're both white horses, I don't yeah. know. And like but, as far uh, as I was gonna say, as far as how many Lannister troops are 
left. Like you said, it doesn't really matter because they're going to use however many they need to use yeah. for whatever battle. But Jamie had yeah. said we're stretched pretty thin. So in yeah. theory, well, it would be a pretty because, small group. Well, yeah. So because they definitively had just been talking about how, yeah, they have this long wagon train and the front of it that was escorting the gold is already at King's Landing. And this is the stragglers that Charlie wanted to, you know, uh, uh, whip flog flog yeah, right <laughs> um so so definitely this is not all of the lannister forces but it seems like a significant enough chunk yeah. that this is a substantial loss not least because danny has now burned all the food yeah uh yeah. so the other thing is all right so uh we talked about you know uh Tyrion trying to urge jamie to no don't do it you dumb dumb uh, and Jamie going in and, and uh, someone in the chat, I think it was Paulette, I could be wrong, uh, said, you know, Jamie's thinking with one action, I could end the war right here. Um, mm -hmm. I also think Jamie at this point could be a little fatalist. Yeah, let me go out and mm -hmm. blaze glory. I won't have to think about the fact that my brother didn't kill my son mm. yeah. or any other things that I might be conflicted about. And well, they also kind of built it where he just saw when he saw the guys really vaporized in front of him, yeah, pure ash or whatever, just uh -huh. the horror on his face. Yeah, yeah. I think he realized that this has to be stopped, right? Uh -huh. Yeah. But and why uh, not take this shot? So do we? So Jamie, Braun in the drink. Do we think either of them are dead? No. 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 I. It'd be interesting if Braun is dead, but I just, I feel, it's if, just so cheap. I will See, be maybe pissed burned up if like Braun is hand. dead now, not because I don't think the show earned, earned a death, but yeah. for them yeah. to, for them to have him not get burned with the scorpion and then drown off camera. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I'd definitely call bullshit on that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, cool. Yeah. Now, I mean, that said, um, you know, we kind of touched on this earlier, but I'm, this, this episode pulled a punch there at the end. That battle sequence looked like it was tailor-made. I cannot believe that there wasn't a version of the script where someone important died in that, yeah. uh, mm -hmm. in that, in that battle. It's now, this is, this is why I have, I have concluded and could still be proven wrong, but uh, I'm pretty fairly persuaded that the show is no longer intending to subvert the genre tropes. We might have a couple of twists or surprises here and there, but I believe that they are working on setting themselves up a standard, satisfying fantasy ending. Could be. Could be. I don't know uh, that that's what the books will do, but yeah. I think that's yeah. what the show is. Yeah. So uh, Marco says uh, all Jamie sees is Mad King's daughter. And Paulette says, "Yeah, didn't Jamie see the Starks burned by the Mad King? Mm -hmm. And yeah, he did. That was that was one of the things that really made him go. I'm kind of yeah. on the wrong side now. Yeah, Jamie has literally no reason to think that there's anything redeeming about Daenerys. No, no. Uh, at the same time, his sister kind of did the same thing, but he didn't yeah. see it. Mm. That's the difference." I suppose actually the one thing that could uh, could be a uh, uh, a tip uh, for Daenerys is that he does know that Tyrion is serving her. So yeah, yeah, 
But it's been so long since he saw Tyrion, and kind of the last thing that they talked about was, oh, yeah, you killed Dad. They didn't really even talk about it, yeah. but that's kind of the last right. thing that happened between them. Not the best of terms, so he doesn't really know where Tyrion's head's at. You know, yeah. certainly we know where Tyrion's head was at after that happened. Yeah. So Jamie has no way to know where uh, Tyrion's mental state is. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Any parting thoughts? Um, this episode had such great moments in it that just there's just little nitpicks that make me want to hold back from a full ten out of ten. Like, <laughs> there's, but the the great bits were so great though. Yeah. Like just that the you know, like even with all the little logistical fussiness and larger plot implications aside and the pulled punch, that battle sequence was amazing. And, uh, you know, the fight, you know, between Arya and Brienne, just the reunion with Arya and, uh, you know, Bran and Sansa generally, mm -hmm. like the, the, the great stuff was so great yeah. in this episode. But then it also just had, look, the cave paintings say you should help me. <laughs> and, totally uh, jet source. And like, Davos yeah. saying, Yeah, I saw you staring at her heart. And I'm like, What? Yeah. Come on. <laughs> um, um, and so, nitpicks, what was that bullshit conversation with Masende? Yeah. What's oh. a bastard? We don't have marriage. Right. She knows 10,000 languages and yeah. every type of. Oh, I'm confused. Uh, what do you mean a bastard? Is that. <laughs> this is a mysterious word to me. Can you describe the concept? Yeah, that was bizarre. Um, I, I mean, obviously, that is another example of the. You know, I mean, I think it seems really obvious that they're setting up that it John's parentage is going to matter. Yeah. And they uh, have yeah. to remind us what he thinks it is. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. So, but yeah, Miss Sandy not clumsy. knowing the concept of a bastard. <laughs> what do you mean, bastard? That's so. Oh. <laughs> what is this human word you use? Human. <laughs> so uh, Scott says, uh, I think Jamie may be captured again. And that could be interesting. You know, that, uh, yeah. that brings them and Tyrion together. Uh, but Marco thinks that uh, they're going to escape. So yeah. it'll, it'll definitely be interesting to see what happens because I. I do believe that, especially for Jamie, there's there's two things that can happen. I still think he can go tell Cersei what he found out from the Queen of Thorns uh, and her not care. And that'll yeah. really sway him. Yeah. Or being with his brother could also really sway him. So yeah. I think uh, I, we've got places to go. I feel like there's more narrative potential with him getting back to Cersei. Yeah. Because I'm I'm just imagining the scene of him connecting up with Tyrion again, and I'm just like feeling like, well, how does that conversation actually go though? Right? It's, yeah. oh hey, sup? So I hear you didn't kill Joffrey. Yeah, like I said all along. Okay, but you did kill Dad. Well, he's kind of asking for it, right? Um, okay. So now what? Yeah. Yeah. Not I mean, obviously they could write it better but I just feel yeah. like it's so I, I feel like I'm on the edge of my seat to see what he would say to Cersei yeah. and although I like Jamie and Tyrion I wouldn't mind seeing them get a reunion I just feel like they're, I'm, I'm more interested in the other way and I think 
Braun saving him from his suicidal rush, the falling in the water is just a cliffhanger. Yeah. So mm. what I think my prediction is that um, Braun, first of all, rescues Jamie from drowning, helps yeah. him get his armor off underwater, and then they swim away underwater so that they can sneak away unobserved. Mm-hmm. Mm. I think I think that would be the more interesting thing and reunion with ooh, Tyrion later. Ooh. Scott has a good idea. Tyrion will help him escape. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. I, that. That. I like that. I like that a lot, especially if um, Tyrion is concerned that Daenerys is not going to treat him well as a prisoner. Mm. Mm-hmm. And and there's also uh, Marco says you know negotiate Cersei's surrender and then she declines of course but uh, so that that gives us a reflection of what Jamie did for Tyrion yeah. but then that mm-hmm. can also give us a reflection of what Cat did with yeah. Jamie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I, I there's some there I so I take it back. There's some really mm-hmm. interesting potential with. Uh, with uh, Jamie potentially getting uh, captured there, especially because the idea that if Tyrion helps him escape, then we kind of get it both ways, right? Truth of we the get, matter. We get mm-hmm. both conversations. Yeah, and truth of the matter is, um, Jamie's really interesting when he's a prisoner. Like, if we look at yeah. everything we've seen so far, every time he's a prisoner, we get some really interesting things happening. Yeah. So. <laughs> I still suspect that it's just Bron helps him escape. That I yeah. that's what I think happens. But I, I do He's think that there are some really good ideas for how it yeah. could be interesting otherwise. He's gotta get get back so he can have a big final revelation and kill Cersei. Yeah. yeah, I'm good either way. So uh let's rate this sucker. Rate mm. this sucker. Um I'm going to rate it ten pricks in the balls or human <laughs> chest or dragon chest. All right. 10 out of 10. Um, I'm going to give it, uh, see, I'm, I'm just, I'm just flickering back and forth on <laughs> loving the good parts and being irritated with the parts that made it less good. Uh, I will still give it um, nine out of 10 rejected clever plans. Okay. Do we have a good score? Uh, we do. 11 out of 11 days that Ilaria Sand has been in her, with her daughter in that cell. Never forget how evil Cersei is. <laughs> that's, uh, that's pretty good. And uh, I'm actually going to give it, uh, I'm, I'm the grump here. Uh, I'm going to give it 7 out of 10 Dracaris. Uh, because while the highs were really high, the lows were pretty low. There was mm. some. Uh, lackluster writing in this one and they're running out of things to say uh, and and a lot of forced stuff so I'm no, no this no, is my no. least favorite of the, the season I was the least interested in this episode um, There, but I was the most interested in the battle and, and the scene with Arya and Brienne but mm-hmm. overall compared to the other ones yeah I'm, I'm gonna I, I agree it was uneven for sure yeah so uh, um, that is not correct. Sorry, hang on. My uh, math decided oh, to stop being uh, good. While you're, while you're uh, doing that, that gives um, us a uh, average of nine out of ten for the hosts, mm-hmm. and we've got some in the chat, I believe. Yeah, I like Mike's nine out of ten awkward little finger expressions. That one's pretty good. I yeah. I like that. 
And uh, Marco has a 8.5. The best is yet to come. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> so what we've that was four. So there's three more this season. Is that right? I I believe so. Yes. We're more than halfway there. Mm-hmm. Yes. We are living on a prayer. <laughs> there should right. be three more. And coming up, the next episode is titled East Watch. East Watch, yeah. So um, that was the other bit from the preview, other than the part that I mentioned, is the suggestion that um, Bran sees the Night King's army uh, advancing on East Watch. So I bet you we get big battle scene there. Um, Tormund is supposedly up there. We we also haven't heard from the Hound and Beric in a while, so yeah. we don't know where they're at. I bet we catch up with them. Yeah. Um, and it also, de- we want to determine, like, you know, how big a battle is it going to be at East Watch by the Sea? Is it going to be a, we didn't reinforce them and now we've taken heavy losses? Or is it going to be, you know, full full court press of everyone yeah. available rushes up there? Yeah. And um, uh, go ahead. The production side, it's the same writer and director did this episode and the next episode. Hmm. Oh, so. that's interesting all right well i i I, even though i felt that this episode was uneven i do appreciate when um they they uh when they can have consistency like that so i i am interested in uh in how that's gonna play out Mm uh and um yeah that could that could uh really be interesting there was a really fun meme that i saw this week and it was uh you know the white walkers and it's like yeah so uh we're just gonna chill till everybody sorts their shit out down south and uh then we'll attack when the plot's ready for it (laughs) (laughs) Mm -hmm. you know game of thronies you know they 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 flashed all over this episode so i tell you if this show wanted to really just leave my jaw on the floor it would get the uh, the the army of the dead south of the wall before the end of this season. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that would surprise I would, me. I would be stunned if that yeah. happened. Yeah, agreed. I'm at this point thinking uh, this season they're using to settle what's going on in the bulk of Westeros, and next season will be we got to take care of north of the wall. Yeah, and the fallout. That's, yeah. That was my assumption too. It seemed seemed like the logical thing to do. So yeah. it would be crazy if they upset it. But hey, they could. <laughs> Never know. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, I think that settles this episode. Yep. Yep. Then so we will uh, come right back next week and discuss Eastwatch and see uh, how that all turns out. That is exciting. <laughs> <laughs> thanks for everybody who tuned in and uh all of our uh chatters yes thank you for thank joining you. us that. yeah and for everybody who downloaded the podcast and listened thank you we will talk to you next week if you have feedback for the beyond the wall podcast you can email us at btw at specficmedia.com you can also leave us a comment on the website Go to specficmedia.com where you'll find a shiny BTW button that'll take you right to our page. 
This podcast is released under a Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial Sharealike 3.0 Unported License. Feel free to share and remix. Just give us credit and don't charge money for it.